Welcome to the Spiritual Nomad Podcast, a space for the spiritually curious to explore faith in new and meaningful ways. Open your heart and mind and journey with your host, Luke Bricker, into greater spiritual freedom. Well, everyone, welcome to the Spiritual Nomad Podcast. We have Jane Woods on the podcast today. We're going to be talking just about the spiritual path, understanding uh, just what it looks like to live holy, integrated lives, uh, holy with an H or a WH. I'm not sure. We'll figure that out. Holy and holy. Is that the same thing? I think so. Anyways, Jane is joining me here. We're going to talk about her journey and um, see how that coincides with what we've been all experiencing is this sort of path of deconstruction, reconstruction, reevaluation, reformation of faith, and uh, whole living in the world. So Jane, welcome to the Spiritual Nomad Podcast. Thanks for having me. Thrilled to be here. Yeah. So we were chatting a little bit before we started and um, just seeing how we crossed paths. And I think we came to the conclusion that Keith Christich uh, is the... The fine gentleman that has, uh, you know, made this happen. And uh, Keith's awesome. Shout out, Keith. If you've not listened to the other episodes of Keith, I highly recommend it. Um, But one of the things that we were talking about is that his um, use of different people for quotes and stuff has attracted Jane to Keith's work. And then that also connected me and Keith. And it's funny how just quotes from people uh, that have, probably lived thousands of years ago, mostly not even recent quotes, end up connecting modern day people in uh, finding home with each other uh, in their spirituality. So, uh, so Jane, I'm curious, you said that you don't really have too much of like an evangelical background, but uh, some of the folks that we both kind of roll with on InstaWorld do kind of have that. So how'd you find yourself, you know, linked up with some of the folks like Keith? Yeah. Um, well, my story is that I do have uh, some Christian background. Growing up, I was like loosely associated with the Methodist Church. My mom and grandmother um, attended, and we just sort of attended in a spotty way, I guess. And my father was not in the church because he had his own religious trauma. And so we did not have a Christian home, like per se. Um, There was some attempt to indoctrinate me with certain Christian ideals, like maintaining my virginity. (laughs) But um, other than that, important things. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But for the most part, there, you know, it was it was loose, is how I kind of refer to it. Um, However. I ended up at a Christian university of all places um, because I played softball actually and um, had a scholarship (laughs) and I liked the place well enough. So um, that, so that is kind of where it started for me. Um, I made a few really good friends who were Christians um, called themselves that. And I also had the Christian influence of my coach at the time. And so um, having had, you know, like I said, some spiritual exposure to the Christian message, I think when I found myself in a really low spot and I knew that my life didn't have the direction that I really wanted um, and I was just on the brink of a, of a spiritual awakening in a sense, um, I turned to Christianity because it's the only thing, what I had the most familiarity with yeah. Yeah. at the time. Yeah. So what was that experience like? Who did you end up reaching out to? Was it someone like your coach or who was yeah. the first person to really introduce you to that? Yeah. So my roommate, Kelly, um, was on the team with me. We played softball together. And, you know, the first thing for me was that I realized there was something in her life, something about her life was um, better than mine. <laughs> it was like <laughs> how I experienced it at the time. I was like, you know, there is a sense of peace or joy or some fruit I'm, I'm witnessing that um, I want, you mm. know. And I kind of, I started to ask her questions um, and I, I had another close friend and I had that experience um, with her as well. And 
And I also started self-studying. I mean, I was like, okay, well, like, let me read the Bible some and like see, you know, like what, what I need. What was to that do. experience like? You, did you start at the beginning? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, I'm certain I didn't. <laughs> um, and it's funny because I got really into it for a while, which is, you know, where at some point the the deconstructing comes into because, anyways, I was introduced to a very non-denominational congregation that was progressive. And so it was a soft transition for me from having been um, very wayward in, in ter terms that we understand. Like, you know, I was just a partier. I mean, I was like, I was all over the place. Um, and there was, so I had a lot of liberal ideas. Like I had a lot of liberal ideas. And so coming into that community, there was some acceptance of that. Um, and so it wasn't, there wasn't, I wasn't coming up against a lot of hard edges, you know, yeah. from a doc, doctrinal <laughs> standpoint. Yeah. Um, but you know what, what comes to mind is that I had this really powerful conversation with my coach when I was on the brink and I was like, I knew something was happening to me, um, but I was so afraid of leaving the life I'd known because it was mm. all the people um, I'd loved and all the rhythms I'd known and like, and I could feel it all slipping away. Um, but I was so scared of like what it would be like, um, on the other side of that. And basically he said to me, like, you'll be ready to make this kind of commitment when you're not afraid anymore. Um, and that was really powerful, powerful for me. And it took about four months and four months of studying, four months of asking questions of being with, um, being in the in community to some extent in that church, having a lot of supportive women in particular reach out to me at that time. And then there was a day full of synchronicities when I opened my little college mailbox and I had two pieces of mail in it. Um, one of them was completely anonymous for just, just somebody who I think had been kind of watching my story unfold. Um, and another one from, from like a youth group, I had just so tangentially been part of, you know, like, yeah. like it was so weird that, that these came together and they both had second Corinthians five seventeen. you are a new creation. Wow. Um, and that was it. I was like, I was like looking at, looking from like one piece of mail to the other, like what in the hell is this? Like something's yeah. happening here. I literally called up my friends and we went to the little chapel that's on campus and I like straight up gave my life to Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. and the reality is too, like a lot of times in these deconstruction movements, sometimes we can really talk shit about some of those experiences in our life in retrospect. But I love actually seeing a lot of those because in that moment, it's the most real and true and life-changing thing for somebody. And even though something might be shifting or changing later on at a later date of evolving like we should, like to dismiss something like that as being powerful isn't, you know, always helpful for us. So I love hearing that story, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I believe like synchronicity has become so important to me and yeah. That's the, I, didn't, I didn't understand that really until probably pretty recently, but it was so obvious at the time too. Like this is beyond, this is too weird. It's too, yeah. it's supernatural, you know, yeah. there's something here. And yeah, I love that. Cause it's, it's too, it's like understanding even a bigger understanding of God. It's like a lot of people want to write off. I think some of the Jesus narrative just because of, you know, where it, Americans. So by nature, we are assumed to be Christian and we try to push away from some of that, but it's like, I think God wants to interact with us through Christianity too, you know, yeah. and sometimes in the deconstruction, we can throw the baby out with the bathwater right. and it's like second Corinthians is an awesome verse to be able yeah. to, it is about newness. It's about complete restorative to the core of your being, uh, awakening. Yes. Um, yes. I love that. So, and by the way, your, uh, was it the coach or friend that said, whenever you're not scared, that's the right time. Yeah. Like that's some of the best wisdom <laughs> somebody could impart because normally, and I think that's why some people have a lot of hard times with their conversion stories mm -hmm. is they were coerced into something. Yeah. But what I think is amazing about yours 
is that it was gentle and True. just very holistic, organic way of entering yeah. into that. So, which yeah. was in that synchronistic way confirmed, you know? Right. I know the timing was perfect, you know, and I felt like I had that permission to yeah. let the timing unfold, like you're saying, totally organically. Um, and really it did. Cool. So after that, um, what began to take place? I know you said that there was like a non-denominational, it was kind of more progressive in a way. Like what were some of the uh, marks of that, if you will? Like what made it progressive and how did, how did your, like, uh, I'm going to get real cringy for some folks. How did that origin discipleship process, you know, <laughs> what did that look like? What, it, like, what was that for you that might've been different for other people? So that, that, that church was called Broad River Community Church and community was the core. Like it was like everything revolved around that. Mm. Um, and there was, so there's like tons of small groups, um, men's and women's prayer met every week. Um, and you know, I think we had a, we had a really, uh, charismatic teacher, but also just a quality teacher, like at, for a pastor and we wouldn't, you know, things like we didn't call him a pastor. Yeah. Um, he was the teaching elder and the leadership was totally not paid. Nobody was paid. Um, and there was just four elders who led the community. And so I think in that way it was progressive. Like there was not a, the hierarchy was mm. not, was evolved in my, you know, I would call it an evolved hierarchy. Um, so we had leaders, but we weren't, there was, there was not the traditional like suggestion that the leaders were, uh, empower over anyone in the yeah. community. Yeah. So there's a lot of yeah division of power. I love that too, because even though it might've had, you know, potentially probably more traditional doctrinal things, but in practice, I love that it, it didn't have a sort of, uh, once again, a coercion sort of thing, you know, like a, uh, yeah. A lot of time we turn churches into like widget factories and it's like, you get them in and bam, bam, box them yeah. up and send them out, you know? And right, right. Uh, it, it sounds like it was a lot more of an organic, you know, spirit it's yeah. situation. Um, so I, from that point, you know, you, in something you mentioned too, when we were just chatting before we recorded is, you know, you're teaching yoga. Um, I know from following your Instagram page, like, what has changed? Like talk me through some of the story between yeah. that chapel experience, you know? Yeah. So, um, I guess it was, let me, three or four years later. And, um, I, I married somebody in that community. Um, and there was a lot of healing in that relationship that occurred, but, um, we, so we were living kind of like a standard life. I mean, he was finishing his master's degree and I was just like working a desk job to get us through and it was, it was killing us. So we decided that once he finished his degree, we were going to do something totally different and we wanted to learn how to grow our own food. So we took a season, um, on a farm and became apprentices and got no real way. land. It was awesome. It was like, it was a, the pivotal experience for us um, in so many ways where everything shifted and changed. So that was in the Asheville, North Carolina area, which is, that area. yeah, it's like, it's just, and we've, we've spent a, quite a bit of time there. And um, so it, so that was, you know what, I, I had a lot of exposure to Native American spirituality while I was there. Mm -hmm. um, and in general, you know, being so close to the land was healing and also um, expansive for me spiritually. Yeah. And so from that point, I was really open. We were out of church. So we left, we left the community because we moved to be on this farm. So we were out of church um, and not seeking church at that point. Things were starting to fall apart with that community over, over um, homosexuality issues. Uh. Yeah. Um, and we were kind of happy to get out. Like, so we were out. Sweet. out. Nobody <laughs> wants to know my opinion. I'm out of here. Yeah. I mean, I was like, yeah, there's, yeah. Um, and so not, not being in church, being close to the land, and then getting exposure to some Native American, like spiritual leaders, doing some sweat lodges. 
And then landing after that experience in Asheville and having my first mentor on the contemplative path who taught me the Enneagram and who exposed me to Cynthia Bourgeau and the wisdom way of knowing. Um, and that was where, in so many ways, it feels like the story began for me. Um, when I cracked open a wisdom way of knowing, I was like, oh, here's literally everything I was looking, I was seeking. Like Jesus was always a weird question mark for me, but I knew I, I know I'm on a spiritual path and like, you know, Christianity is the only one I've had reasonable exposure to. So I'm just going to go with it. But like, why did, what's the whole blood sacrifice about? Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's just like, I, I was never comfortable with it. And it was, I was always weird. Ha did not have a relationship with Jesus because that was weird. Like it was all weird. Yeah. Um, but felt a real connection to God, to spirit. Like, so ha the wisdom way of knowing explained it, like explained mm. what happened in Christian history. <laughs> so I could be like, oh, St. Augustine, like really effed us up, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and get some background in that way. Yeah. And then, um, and then be able to see the, have exposure to the wisdom perspective and the perennial philosophy and like understand the stream underneath that I, that was, it was language for what I felt like I knew in my soul. Um, yeah. 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 <clears throat> so after that, I went to the living school and I learned from Cynthia directly. <laughs> really? Yes. That is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you got, then you were in New Mexico. Mm -hmm, mm hmm. So um, it is a hybrid program. So I went to Mexico four times, New Mexico four times um, for extended periods of time. And then um, was learning with a small group in between the, um, the intensives with that. So yeah, That's with cool. Cynthia and at, at the t I did that from 2017 to 2019. And so um, that was still the original faculty members, which is Richard Rohr and Jim Finley and Cynthia Bourgeau. I love all of them so much. That's so, so cool. So good. And so was, that was that first mentor that introduced you to her work then that really sparked a lot of this for you. Mm -hmm. And she's a senior student of Cynthia. So she was learning from Cynthia, um, still is, and, um, and taking, you know, transmitting her teachings in the actual area. And so I just got lucky, but I didn't, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. It all happened as it should. That is so cool. So uh, can I ask you some questions about the living school then? Yeah, let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah, what was that experience like? like when, when you first were getting signed up for that, did you, I guess, did you feel like all of that, what your intention was, did that prove to be true through your duration there? Or like what, yeah. It surprised it was, you or yeah. Yeah. It was absolutely everything I didn't know I was hoping for. <laughs> like it was and more probably. Um, and I went through a discernment process. And for me, my actually my yoga training and my um and my first entrance into the living school happened in the same year. And mm. so that was like powerful, I guess, for me to kind of combine this like Eastern exposure and take it directly into what the living school is teaching um, yeah. from a mystical Christian, you know, perspective. So I'm realizing too, really quick, I'm yeah. sorry. We should probably clarify for folks. I'm realizing I had, I know yeah. what the living school is. Right, right. So okay. for anybody listening, what, what is that? Okay. So the living school um, is, was started by Richard Rohr and it, he, Richard Rohr calls it an underground seminary. <laughs> and so it's a two-year program, um, learning contemplative Christianity and non-dual consciousness from Richard. And like we already mentioned, Cynthia and Jim. Um, and so the three of them came together and they were like, we need a wisdom school, <laughs> like a wisdom school needs to exist. Um, Richard had, has a platform, you know, and he had the Center for Action and Contemplation, which the Living School is hosted through that center. 
Um, and yeah, so it's a two year training program in increasing your consciousness with a, but with a contemplative Christian foundation. Um, it's heavy on, uh, theology, but also practice. I mean, there's a, there's a real emphasis on like, nothing's going to happen here unless you're devoted to your practice. And then there's education on the different types of practices. So that theological piece is probably really good for a lot of people that need to undo a lot of things though. Um, Cause that's one thing that I was actually happy to hear about the living school is that they do uh, really, I don't want to say unpack, but I guess in a way unpack, I guess you've been through it so you can correct me. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's very like, you know, uh, helping people work through some of the narratives that they've probably accumulated the baggage of, you know? Yeah. And the reality is like it, the, the, um, what's the word I want to use? The demographics of it are shifting, but you know, I was year five, I think. So it's, and it's, so it's still, you know, it's still a baby in in a lot of ways. Um, but like, it's just predominantly retired white people, you know, and, um, those are a lot of Richard's followers, but that's so powerful, I think, because it's like integrating, it's like, it's like getting it at the top. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like infiltrating the top. <laughs> it's yeah. like, and I love that strategy in so many ways. Um, yeah, baby boomers are like his primary audience. And like, it's obvious, it was obvious. Um, even when I was there, like by, by the time I was leaving, I felt like younger and more diverse populations were coming in. And I have to commend the Center of Action and Contemplation because they are so intentional in their efforts to diversify, you know, but there is to some extent, it's just like this entire contemplative Christian um, niche is like, that's a lot of the people who are interested in it. And so anyway, um, I'm kind of getting off. I'm kind of getting off on that. No worries. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, no, I lost my train on where I was, where I was headed. What was just your diversifying and the, the yeah. living school and your experience with that and really just helping people move past oh. the theological frameworks that they've That's already what it was Because so many people there have been in evangelical Christianity for like 30 or 40 years. Mm. And so there, there was the, the, the unpacking was very real. You know, it was like, these are people who have been devoted to that path and then realized like this isn't it this yeah. isn't it there's more you know um so yeah i definitely felt like there was a lot of work we just studied all the saints and mystics yeah. that's that's the curriculum study all the saints and mystics and <laughs> they had i love study. that yeah <laughs> i can hang with that man i i really have considered doing the the living school um at some point it's transformative. Um, yeah. I would love to be able to, I know with COVID there's probably no, you know, in-person thing there, but I would love to do what you did like a hybrid and go over to New Mexico, you know, so, you know, day drive or whatever, maybe a little bit more. I don't know. I'm, I'm a road dog though. So I'll get out there and pound yeah. some miles. So I'll do it, it a day from San Diego, but um, yeah. yeah. So uh, with that, I'm curious your evolution through the living school to be, mm-hmm. um, and certainly, obviously, please correct me, but it seems like that may have been the sort of catalyst to put you into the place of where you're at now and what you're wanting to do in a contributive sort of way with the work that you do. The Spiritual Nomad Podcast is a ministry of Current Collective Church a nonprofit organization that is dedicated to holding space to experience the divine in healing and transformative ways that enable us to live into the fullness of a truly abundant life. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider a tax-deductible donation to support our ongoing effort to reimagine spiritual community. Visit thespiritualnomad.org slash give to contribute today. Thank you for your support and partnership.
Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I feel like it was the origin. It was in so many ways um, the fork in the road. And I, you can't look back. Like you just, yeah, there's no looking back once you've under undergone the transformation is how I feel. So it is, my heart is like, for all of the Christians who don't know that there's another way to be a Christian, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, and to re-understand, you know, a lot of my, I feel like what I had to deconstruct was what I thought I knew about Jesus that never made sense. Mm -hmm. And so I went from not having any relationship with Jesus because it seemed gross, like <laughs> the, the theology of it, um, to to recognizing Jesus as the greatest wisdom teacher that's ever lived and being able to like, to just be all in like, okay, now I get it. Like, it's not about like, it's not about the sin. It's not about atonement. Like it's not about that. It almost, ooh, I'm going to get it almost like, that's not even the point. Like the point yeah. is that Jesus came teaching wisdom capital w yeah and that i want to know like and and i really believe and it's you know i don't understand it all but like i could get weird on you please <laughs> like, no please please this, um, this is the good stuff so like there's actually i have found a lot of insight from a woman named gina lake who um, it calls herself a channel of Jesus. And, you know, I'm really expanding around what that means and how we encounter the spirit realms and some of Cynthia's new teachings on that. She wrote in September, her, her latest book came out. Um, and it's juicy about the cosmology of all things. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but I understand Jesus now, like all the things that, that are said, like Jesus is here. Jesus is available. Like, and I feel like I do have a personal relationship with Jesus in which I can descend into this cave of my heart and receive guidance. Like yeah. not, I wouldn't say it's audible, you know, but like, it is in a sense, like I can get a word when I need a word. Um, yeah. But it took me re-understanding Jesus first and foremost as a teacher of wisdom, not as a human sacrifice. Yeah. Like whatever. Yeah. Else. Can you talk more about that? Like how the transformation, because that's been a lot of these conversations and what really started the whole um, thing of just getting more people on the podcast is like, how is a reconstructed spiritual life looked with the incorporation of Jesus in that um and i'm curious like how that transformation is taking place so please speak more deeply to, to how you've seen jesus and what he is like the avatar who he is what does that really mean like when you talk about that are we talking about like uh you know like astral projection in a way like we meet jesus on that plane of consciousness like what is so i'll say for like i'll just say from a resource perspective um like if you want to pick listener if you want to pick something up wisdom jesus by cynthia bourgeau and the whole oh no yes yes and then um the holy thursday revolution by beatrice brutel um are going to blow your mind in the best possible way and then cynthia's latest book in which um she proposes this diagram of the um shape of the cosmos <laughs> as concentric co circles mm. and she is also highly influenced by Gurdjieff and so a lot of her um there's she has a foundation in esoteric like teachings um that can be hard to dive into cold you know like you kind of like a slow entry <laughs> starting somewhere else is good but <laughs> what she <laughs> describes is that like in a way, like if you can visualize these concentric circles, um, the kingdom of heaven is, is the center 
and we are um we are like the next ring out it's going to be really difficult to get into this um and it's it goes out like this and it goes from top to bottom like this um and so we are just a denser realm we are just a denser realm but we overlap with the with the kingdom of heaven what we what is described as the kingdom of heaven um and we have access to that and there are like ascended spirits that is called the conscious circle and the conscious circle which traditionally is said is like 36 spirits but you know i think that's i don't i don't think that's like a legitimate thing as in like there's only 36 but it's kind of a concept of um these spirits that are in active collaboration with people who are in bodies so mm. um and we're always working together for the the to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth um which i believe is possible and yeah. i'm i'm radically optimistic <laughs> about it under the circumstances yeah um, I, you mentioned the enneagram i'm a seven so i am okay. very optimistic all the time yeah. to a fault <laughs> yeah. and i'm yeah. fine with that by the way somebody said i'm naively optimistic and I, i'd rather be naively optimistic yeah. than anything else i'm a four which is not which is like usually just depressed but i've done a lot of work i think <laughs> um but i feel the same way i'm like what's the alternative? Like, right. what's the alternative? Like choosing to not be, you know, it's like, why? <laughs> so. Yeah. So the kingdom of heaven is possibility available, I think is breaking in some of the language from the yeah. tradition I grew up in is about the breaking in of the kingdom of God. So it's always, mm -hmm. always present, always reality the language i use for it is perfect divine order to perfect divine pattern and it sort of um as much as we become aware or conscious or even inviting it into it sort of breaks into this yeah. present reality from its eternal existing reality um, yeah how does that sort of does that is that maybe different language or nuanced from what what you're talking about or i'm curious yeah I, I think it is, you know, a, a kind of a vision. I had this really big spiritual expansion over the summer and I had this like image of fractals, like, like the kingdom of heaven is like fractals mm. breaking in as you say it, like from, from the top down or from the bottom up, like whichever way you want to think about it, just kind of spiraling into this world of form. Um, yeah. Yeah. Was that expanded uh, experience a natural thing or was that something that, I don't know if you want to talk about that or not, but was that something that was, um, uh, we can just move on from that one. Let's leave it. <laughs> I really, Let's I'll leave just it. say, you know, I think that experience was catalyzed from a, for the most part, just a new devotion and commitment to my practices. Mm, and I, I really, that. it could be, again, another um, example of synchronicities that were unfolding, um, but mostly just pure showing up for it. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. So with that, like the breaking in of, you know, that'd be, you know, my traditional language for that. Um, so we're talking about how Jesus is still incorporated and how that has changed. So you're talking about these 36 spirits or could be other uh, engaging and interacting with incarnate beings right now right and so jesus may have been just more um in tune with that realm of incarnation or what yeah i'm curious yeah, my take on it is yeah that he was fully fully connected like an open portal for yeah. that to to absolutely just be flowing um between worlds like, a realized being essentially is yeah a realized answer. being um okay. so when i mentioned gina lake i do that kind of hesitantly but anyways just because i think there's probably you know people who knows like what about these things it's all yeah. so mysterious um but but she but jesus has introduced herself um through her as a channel as a guardian of this planet and 
you know, I kind of resonated with that language and also integrating Cynthia's teachings on the cosmology and the, the shape of things and like his, his assignment, like his post in some of these higher realms, because there's a lot, there's a lot of layers of yeah. um, realms, the way that she teaches, uh, that Cynthia teaches, that is. Um, and at the, at, you know, there's beings in all realms, basically, and um, different, different layers of ascension, I guess. Do you laugh or, or is it, do you think it's like silly to explain or what? Talk to me about why yeah, you're Yeah, I think, and it's challenging to explain, <laughs> honestly. Part of me is like, I'm not equipped to fully explain this. And so I don't want to like get yeah. it wrong and be, yeah, so that's part of it. Um, well, listener, if you're sitting there and you're judging any of this anyways, <laughs> then, you know, pick a different episode. Yeah. I'm curious about right. it. So. <laughs> I want, I can't, I wish I had my book. Cause yeah, I could no just, worries. And like, I don't mean to put you on the spot. Well, the diagram. I'm, just, I'm very curious. It's, it's, in, I've not really heard any of this before. So, okay. With, um, uh, and I know we're, you know, we're kind of riffing at this point, which is totally, right. that's my jam, which uh, my friend Jory from the methods, I think you may, mm, mm-hmm. uh, talk to him too. I was joking around. He's been on a couple of times also. And he's like, dude, it's just Zen. You're just, you know, I'm like, all right. That's an excuse. <laughs> Good one. Good Professional riffer, you know, people yeah. are like, what do you do? I hang out. That's, the, yeah. I like to hang out. Yeah. Um, Love it. So and now I hang out and forget my train of thought of what I was even talking about with the riffing. Uh, uh-huh. oh, Abraham Hicks. Are you familiar with that? Yes. Right. Is anything like that. And for the listener, yeah. Abraham so, Hicks. So for the listener, it's the same concept in okay. that it's exact. It's almost exactly the same concept that there is a spirit being but in this case it's jesus himself who is who is cha- who is being channeled through a human being so um the channel can can basically choose I and mean, now the thing is to be a channel is usually a channel would tell you it's lifetimes of preparation for that sort of reception to like maintain that stance of reception. Um, And Gina Lake, for instance, like says, I work for Jesus and she's, you know, she is dead serious. I actually, she has her own following. She's a spiritual teacher. um, And I sought her out because when I had a spiritual expansion that I mentioned last summer, I felt like, my relationship with Jesus was that I was like receiving from him, like yeah. receiving what felt like messages. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, and I really, I think about 2020 being like the year I grew my relationship with Jesus, <laughs> like yeah. the year that I finally understood like what that even means. Um, and, you know, I think the transition was that, I took some advice from other spiritual teachers. I'm not, I don't even know that it was one in particular. And I start, I started directing my prayers to specifically to Jesus, to mother Mary and to Mary Magdalene. I just like prayed to the threesome. I was like, Hey, Hey Jesus. And mama Mary. And I like gave him nicknames and stuff. Like, it was weird. Um, it's like, you know, it's real. You know? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, but shit came through. Yeah. Like, I mean, that was my experience is I was like, damn, <laughs> like, is that it? And I mean, I was committed. Like I said, I was really in a season of like devotion. Um, and, and actively trying to cleanse my being. I was, I, I got sober that summer. Not that I was like had an alcohol problem, but I mean, I just chose my, there's a history a family history. And I just was like, nah, like I've just got to kind of, I've just got to cut that cord. Um, and so there was a lot going on that I think catalyzed it, but yeah. And I even had an experience where I, felt like Beatrice Bruteau like showed up and had some encouragement for me. And, you know, I can't explain it. It's weirds me out too. (laughs) Wow. So that even makes me think like just 
jumping on my, you know, curious train here, like, so once the, the soul transcends the body uh, at death, whenever that might be, that that is the sort of plane where they yeah. may enter into that still has some sort of connection to our incarnation in some way, you know? Yeah. Um, and Cynthia would say that um, if you, yeah, that that is very possible depending on, you know, how you've cultivated your human life. Also, some of the like saints just skip that. <laughs> they like kind of skip the king, what, what we call the kingdom of heaven and ascend to like an even higher realm. Mm. Um, but there's always, you know, it just, I think it's been a process for me to be like, in our culture, we have so lost sight of spirit beings like angels like they're all over the bible but yeah. i don't feel like there's much conversation about the reality of angels um at least there hasn't been in my experience in my spiritual walk but all of this was has really opened me up to a new understanding of like what spiritual assistance is and how mm. manifold it is like that it yeah. takes on you know who are we like the, the just like absolute infinite expression of God um, in, in so many forms we can't even start to conceive, you know? Yeah. And yet once we can, and we've dismissed cause it's, you know, not rational. What do you think about, you mentioned angels then naturally I'm going to ask about like demons and things. What is that like? Or has that been something that you've been made aware of? Yeah, I have a lot. I still have a lot of questions about evil and um, whether evil is, you know, one, one question I'm asking is like whether evil is a manifestation of mind. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting. Like I was kind of thinking about the story of Jesus driving out evil um, into the pigs and then like sending the pigs to their deaths yeah. or whatever. And the idea that like evil is, can only exist in a body and like how evil, but I've, cause there's maybe this sense that like evil is just like loose in the world. And I don't, I think I don't believe that. Like, but I do think that in our step, in our, the illusion of our separation from God, that, that evil can exist. Yeah. Um, but if our if we are healed of the separation, that evil can't exist in us. Yeah. But I don't have answers for that, you know. Yeah, because I, I mean, I think when you're healed, or like, you know, when people talk about being saved, that word sozo is so much more than, you know, it includes healing, it's wholeness, it's complete restoration, reconcile. It's all it's so much bigger of a word than just like, are you saved, brother? You know, yeah. like. Right. And that was probably a jerk thing of me to even use that sort of a <laughs> twang with it, but you feel my drift. Yeah. So my point is, is that like, I think we have, when we are saved or, or whole or have seen through the illusion or transcended the, the chasm of uh, uh, separation, we enter back into this sort of original nature, even though we may not fully realize that or experience that like in incarnation but spiritually we enter back into that and therefore pretty much exist pre-curse if you will you know and so you don't have a lot of the the things like evil or destruction or the stuff that comes after you know that curse which i think is just a huge metaphor you know at the beginning of of the bible you know um so yeah, i right, wonder right. about that being similar so like once you see through that or are saved you enter back into that and therefore don't have yeah. that but are still we're in this like weird once again to use traditional language for the you know uh movement i'm ordained with is like the already <laughs> and not yet like yeah. we use right. language of like we're already in this sort of union but we're not yet fully realized into that, that that will come one day, you know, and we live in the sort of tension of the middle. Of yeah. Beatrice Brucho's work has really um, challenged me in 
that regard and because she has a lot of influence from Vedanta and Eastern like philosophy where it was there was no question about the divinity of a human being and that it was that was the inevitable outcome of of a human if they were to like follow the natural trajectory like an acorn turning into an oak tree that that is our ultimate potential is divinity um and so it really makes me question like i've started to question the not yet like i really started to question that and be like is that just our inability to like explain things that Mm. we have to be like it's not yet because that's still suggesting that heaven is only meant for for after life for after human life um or human divinity is only for after human life or that we're never worthy you know there's still a lot of thought that's like that's not that's still not even a reality or like a concept (laughs) in certain paradigms yeah yeah i love that alan watts uh old philosopher from the you know 50s and 60s talks about early 70s and two but um he says, you know, in the Western world, if you say, you know, I'm God, you know, people are, you know, uh, kicking you out of churches and calling you crazy. And even people who don't believe in God are still thinking that you're a lunatic, yeah. you know. Yeah. And in the East, they say, oh, I finally understand. Great. Like, everybody's <laughs> yeah. like, cool. You know, yeah. like, yeah. I mean, it's probably more celebrated, I'm sure, in some ways. That. But the point remains is that yeah. it's like, obviously yeah you're god in disguise seriously i know right i mean like yeah and i don't know where that where we went wrong there but thomas keating i one of i still just love um well his entire guidelines for christian living in open mind open heart is like phenomenal for anybody who's looking for a new way of understanding christianity mm-hmm. but um like the third point or something is that god and our true self are not separate Although we are not God, God and our true self are the same thing. Yeah. Same idea. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I love that. And that's like, I've talked about on other things or did a little YouTube video about pantheism, you know, where the yes, Eastern has the right. pantheism, we're more theistic, where it's separate from, but yet it's overall in all through all yet distinct in all this sort of weird matrix stuff because it's not yeah. linear, you know, right. not uh, linear, yeah, at all, which is a, first and foremost as a complete mind blow to everyone in not everyone, but most folks in the Western world. Yeah. Um, as we, you know, enter in this last little uh, portion of time, I'm curious, you said about how your relationship with Jesus has become more alive has taken a whole new facet, all of these things. A lot of people talk about their relationship with Jesus. Uh, can you just talk a little bit about the, the nuanced differences between what you thought that was before and how you, I think you have done that, but how you experience that now. And more importantly, I think how you articulate this to people. Cause a lot of people that do listen to the podcast, they have family members or friends or people that are still kind of thinking about it in more of a transactional sort of way. Mm-hmm. Um, and they haven't really uh, entered an identity of this, you know, uh, how do you articulate the change and how do you, do that with people in your life that might still have other narratives yeah that's complicated (laughs) (laughs) i want to be sorry about that (laughs) oh i just don't (laughs) yeah um because (laughs) that feels like the truest response like i oh i just avoid valid at all costs (laughs) um because it's really tough i mean like yeah, to have, to have that conversation. Um, I, I just, I just believe that, you know, cosmic assistance is available to us and is longing to help, like, help us save the world (laughs) Um, from where it's headed. And that, you know, I think I, so I don't know how I, how I talk about it. I think I'm really learning that myself. Like, I think I'm really in a position of this in some ways is the most I've ever talked about it on yeah. this 
podcast right now. Um, just because there's, there's a lot of, there's so much pain for so many people. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's so much confusion and all I know is that when I, when I asked, when I called on Jesus's name, that there was a response. Mm. And um, I really think that Jesus's mission was to enlighten us to our own divinity. We, he said we will do even greater things than he. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what he came for. And a lot else transpired that I also think mattered and was intentioned um, and is mysterious and revealed to us, you know, this, this pattern, this universal pattern of, of suffering, death and resurrection that we shouldn't ignore. Um, but yeah, I just call Jesus my guru and kind yeah. of leave it at that. <laughs> I love that. I, I mean, because, and I've told people too, I'm like, Jesus is the, the guru of the Western world, essentially. Uh, you know, in, in the East, people have, there's a lot of gurus. There's a, a lot, lot of, of teach, and also the people um, on a couple different notes, just as we wrap up about Jesus, you know, they, he refers to himself, everyone refers to him as rabbi or teacher. And he responds yeah. to that. He, the only place that he qualifies what a title for himself is, is prophet even. Um, and then as far as, uh, and that's more of like for how we see him here. And then he talks about this sort of eternal reality of, if you've seen the father, you've seen me, this very transcendent uh, sort of thing that isn't, I think, talking about the same thing as his earthly titles, if you will. But yeah. we're obsessed with saying Jesus is God and all of that. And it's like, well, there's a whole lot of things going on here. But guru um, is a higher sort of uh, standing, if you will. There's not really as much hierarchy in, in some of that. But for us Western folks, guru yeah. is a little bit more of an ascended person than a teacher, a yeah. mere teacher. Right. I mean that with no disrespect. Um, and really for, for our listeners to get their head around yes. guru, it's not – just capping him off at teacher though everyone did reference him as that yeah there is a higher understanding like you know ramdas a lot of people are familiar with ramdas and his guru guru you know niam karoli baba he had this direct connection that ramdas was able to to see that the way the truth and the life through maharaji yeah. you right. know and that's essentially the same way with us with jesus we're like we see the way, the truth, and the life as Jesus, as the ascending nature of God incarnate in flesh. Um, so it's, a guru is more than just teaching you Vedanta or teaching you the Torah. Mm -hmm. it's, yeah. it's an actual embodiment of that that brings you into the, the, the real essence of connection uh, by proximity for his apostles and disciples. So Yeah, absolutely. And we experienced that. And so not to be too, I feel like I'm like, all right. And now point three of my message. No, but, <laughs> uh, I don't mean to be like that, but you know, especially too, for his listeners are getting their head around this idea to bring a little context is like in the same way, then we have Jesus for this whole Western. I didn't, and there's been no other avatar, if you will, that is emerged. Right. I, I have to agree. Yeah. So I think you're completely valid and, and mm -hmm. Jesus is my guru. Thing, right. which you know let's get some t-shirts and hats made and, i know right and like i thought about plan. it <laughs> <laughs> I, I know i know i know i'm shocked it hasn't already it, it must exist it's got but. it i've had so many ideas for like these sort of like offshoot weird like uh post-christian things and i'm like i just frankly i don't i don't want to deal with the uh the blowback like what you said right. like i just I, avoid yeah yeah nobody's yeah there's <laughs> Yeah, what am I, I? Who even knows what's about to happen to me because I said that? <laughs> like, uh, you know, it, and it's a real thing too. And I, I, honestly, you can't go wrong with just vulnerability, right? I mean, I love that you're like, I'm in this, I'm figuring out right now. And me too, I'm finding how to be confident in the places that I'm at because I really shied away. I did, I've been doing the Spiritual Nomad podcast next month uh, for four years off wow. and on. Yeah. And it's just been a sort of like a hobby horse thing. Like I'd ride it whenever I want to. And then I put it in the stable for months or whatever, you know? Yeah, right. um, and this year I've tried to do a little bit more, but um, the point being, I, was, I got shied away. I did a series 
and longtime listeners will be like, yeah, we've heard you say this a million times, but <laughs> I, I just felt comfortable talking to a friend yeah. like, over Zoom. And then I had just left the church that I was supposed to be the successor to my dad and take over this big church in the Midwest. Wow. Some wow. people heard that Luke was doing a podcast and then all this blowback. And wow. I was just like, I don't want anything to do with that yeah. because as a seven, I avoid pain. Right. So, <laughs> Let me just like admit what's happening here. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to deal with it. I want to have a good time and talk about really curious things. That's yeah. all I want to do. Yeah. Um, so anyways, just commend you for even just saying that and us talking about this. And, you know, I lead a, a church now. And so it's like, you know, I, some folks that orbit what we do would completely write off what we do because of some of the spiritual nomad stuff, but it's right. like, it's true to who I am. And I think that it's, it's all a journey, you know, yeah, Harkening back to the beginning of this yep. conversation when the people around you mm-hmm. were just part of it and so when you're ready when you're doing this and there's no coercion or agenda so it's wonderful so as we wrap up what are you doing now uh what do you what is your um like what do you offer what is what are you Mm, yeah how can people get in touch with that yeah um so yeah i just i am creating a title for myself which is something like spiritual embodiment coach and companion (laughs) and i primarily come alongside women who are spiritually expanding um they are typically on a healing path physically i have a background um not only in yoga but in ayurveda and um kind of like eastern preventative wellness alongside my contemplative Christian foundation. And so I am merging those to offer um, transformation to people. And the thing I'm most excited about, which I don't know when this will air, but um, I have a circle that I'm forming to specifically study wisdom Jesus and go into that um, more so alongside some Eastern philosophy as well with yoga influence and rhythm of life stuff and we like really get into how do we create um a life that that is going to precipitate spiritual awakening Mm. i'm stoked about that i love so what is that going to look like is it online is it local to where you are it's online yep it's going to be uh it's, it's called sunday circle so it'll be every sunday afternoon uh, for 11 weeks and you'll get yoga practice to go along with it. Um, and we'll be studying two texts and then chatting about it, receiving some teachings and some embodied practices, you know, breath work and meditation and that kind of thing. That sounds awesome. I, I think it's going to be great. Like, and is this for anyone <laughs> guys and ladies, both, or it, is this, I, I do think it's for women. Um, okay. I've, I've envisioned it for women. Um, and one of the texts we're studying is kind of targeted toward um, a female audience. So I'm going to cool. start there, see how that goes and maybe branch out. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I, you seem very excited about it. And I think that people will, you know, join it and have a good time with it. So any of our lady listeners right now, be sure to check in with yeah. that. And so, um, What's uh, like the website, what Instagram yeah. handles, all that stuff? People yeah, so um, yeah, my business uh, Instagram is at wakinghouse, waking.house. And you can find us at wakinghouse.com as cool. well. So we offer this. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say my husband's a therapist. So we offer holistic therapy as well as um, my coaching. So that's yeah. exactly what I was going to ask. So I was like, your husband, I, I think, is engaged yeah. in with all this stuff too, right? So, yep. So we're a duo, and we're working on, yeah, we're just um, putting it out there, entrepreneur, spiritual entrepreneurs, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. What a fun, uh, fun road, and what a better time though, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. so yeah, fun is uh, has a whole <laughs> lot of asterisks and footnotes with it, right? Like <laughs> it is, like it's so energizing. It's so energizing. We just feel like. honestly, honestly, man, like this process has been such a teacher in how to just like, just do what, do what your heart tells you to do and it comes together. Like, that's it. 
deep intuition, confirming yeah. synchronicities, all of those things are, are so, so good and important. Yeah, so, sure. So good. Jane, thanks for jumping on the podcast with me today. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Luke, for having me. It's been rich. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to the Spiritual Nomad Podcast. As always, we would love for you to subscribe, leave a review, and share this channel with a friend. If you would like to financially support the Spiritual Nomad Project, visit thespiritualnomad.org slash give. To contact Luke, you can email him directly, luke at thespiritualnomad.org, or send a direct message on Instagram. Until next time, grace, peace, and love.